Good morning, everyone. Welcome to the self-love show. It is a Thursday morning as always. And I am so excited about today's show for multiple reasons. And as you've noticed, and if you're just listening and you haven't noticed, our my co-host, Dawn Light, is not here today. So let's just give her some twinkles and some love. She's doing self-care and doing her own thing. So woo, go Dawn. Um, I'm excited to introduce one of my very dearest, best friends, Luna Hart. And Luna Hart is a passionate about helping sensitive individuals find an empowering path to healing the root cause of their gut and cycle issues so that they can thrive and live a joy-filled life. With 20 years of experience in the healing arts, she now uses functional lab testing, fertility awareness, somatic experiencing, and intuition to uncover answers to unresolved health complaints so that you can return to the heart of your health and happiness. She works one-on-one with her clients with personalized, within personalized health rebuilding packages that are filled with compassionate support and understanding. Along the way, she gives guidance through twists and turns that come on the healing journey. This is a journey that is worth taking and one that can completely transform how you're living your everyday life. By testing instead of guessing, super important, she can bypass frustrating and time-consuming speculation mazes and mazes as she establishes a health plan that is specifically tailored to your bio-individuality. Remember, persistent symptoms are your body's intelligent way of expressing that there's something wrong. They are the check engine light, the red flag, or the fire alarm of the body. And it is important to listen to these signs or eventually our bodies will demand attention. Luna's greatest intention is to help you return to the source of your being where the heart of your health is not the product of hard work and sacrifice, but simply an expression of your true authentic self. Hi, Luna. Happy birthday. (laughs) You didn't know. Thanks, Trish. Yeah. So we're talking about body literacy today. Body literacy is your birthright. And I'm going to read a little bit about that. And we can go into answering some questions and really talking about what body literacy is. In today's day and age, most of us with menstrual cycles are not taught to deeply understand and meaningfully connect with this rhythm within our bodies. If we listen to our cycles If we listen, our cycles can provide information on a range of productive health issues and beyond. There's an emerging theory among holistic health practitioners and professionals that menstrual cycle health is the body's fifth vital sign along with temperature, blood pressure, pulse, and respiratory rate. Cycle health is an important function that interacts with the whole body. By listening to this rhythm, we could protect and enhance the body's longevity. A wonderful way to develop a deeper understanding of your personal rhythm is to chart your biomakers for fertility. As you connect and listen to the pulse of your cycle, you can become aware of how best, how to best nurture and care for yourself through the hormonal hills and valleys of the sacred menstrual cycle journey. I believe that fertility awareness and body literacy is your birthright and something that should be handed down to all womb carriers. Understanding your fertility can be empowering, whether it be for conception, contraception, conception, or the quest to become body literate for overall cycle health. This knowledge empowers you to take your health and fertility into your hands. (laughs) Um, where I want to go is where I want to start is, is really what, what body literacy means, but also sort of, let's talk about the, the societal kind of ideas around periods and around menstrual blood. And, and let's like, let's like really dive into that because I think that that part of 
why, how we got so disconnected from this. Sounds good. Yeah. So body literacy, for me, I have to say I found it late in life. It was not until I was mid-30s where I started to tune in a little deeper with myself. And um, what it was, what this body literacy is, it's a deep understanding, becoming literate to be able to read and understand your body better than anybody. And on this talk today, we're really going to be talking about this body literacy through the lens of fertility awareness and the method. But there's many ways that you can become body literate. I think most mindfulness practices and places that you are tuning in, getting quiet and tuning in on a deeper level are other ways that you are finding this body literacy and understanding about your body. Um, and I do feel, yeah, I feel like we are programmed as womb carriers and those who menstruate to um, really despise our period, uh, to kind of, you know, hate it um, when we see it. And, and to also with our fertility, which is the other part of our cycles, um, to not connect with our fertility as something that we cherish until we're trying to conceive. So I do feel like there is um, a piece that was super missed way back when, when we, you know, were first menstruating. Um, if you can imagine that moment when you first started to bleed. Um, for me, I was, you know, given the, the tampons and the pads and off I went with some Advil. And, um, and it was all sweet. I just want to say that with my mom, but like, there was no, none of this deeper conversation. And it's no, not really on her, because I think in her mind, she expected that I learned it all in school. And, you know, we all had our um, sex ed classes in school, and we can really flash back to those and what we learned. And, you know, from a person who was assigned female at birth, and that menstruates, I just, we were taught that, you know, here, here it comes, you know, our fertility, oh, no, we can get pregnant. Um, we, almost a sense of feeling of embarrassment when we have it. Um, and just this, um, just kind of even jokes around it, jokes around having PMS, being the moody, the moody person, you know, I could swear there. Um, but, you know, I think that has been normalized in our society. And, um, you know, so flash forward into my 30s and having tons of hormonal issues that I dealt with, and I can get deeper into that. But I finally found a place where I was able to heal those issues and finally come to a place of actually cherishing my period, every single minute of it, to the point that I'm going to be sad when it's gone. And I know that feels like maybe a far-fetched reach for anybody who's listening on this call, but I just want to say it is possible. And that, you know, period pain and being disconnected from your fertility um, doesn't have to be your story. And um, yeah, I just wanted to start with that. Mm. Yeah. You know, there. So, some of our listeners and the and the people who watch really know that I'm. Uh, I look at sort of the the ideas that society tells us. This is one of like, you know, I'm I'm deep in sociology in this sense. Is that I'm constantly looking at how um, the we'll call it the we'll, there's like systems at play that help us learn about reality or help us move into how we're supposed to behave in the world. And so it's familial. You've got this like family piece and then you've got your, your, your kind of like area that you grew up in your culture. And then you've got like a larger societal belief system. And in the realm of what we're taught as, as womb havers or vagina havers, or, you know, like people who have, who bleed and who have estrogen in their bodies we're taught. I love that you said that we're taught to kind of hate our moon cycle. We're taught to hate our bodies. We're taught to sort of be shy and, and not talk about those things. We're, we're taught not to um, be empowered in those places of, of having true understanding of what is really alive in our body. Right. Mm-hmm. Um, especially around things that are considered this taboo or gross and dirty, right? Like, mm-hmm. I don't know if else got that, um, that kind of 
conditioning is like periods are gross and dirty. Like, oh, here's an example. I'm sitting on the porch with my, uh, one of my best friends, her husband and our neighbor. And we just start going into a period conversation. I had just gotten these new period panties. I'd never tried them before. And I was like, Ooh, you know, and he's like, <laughs> he's making these like, Ah, faces like I can see him just melting and then you know my best friend's husband sits down and he's like da, 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 oh yeah period panties and he just like gets into the conversation about it and this other kid this neighbor is just like totally mortified and his face is like scrunching and I'm like dude you're in your 30s like I don't know if you've ever dated a, a, a person with a vagina before <laughs> but this is like real life you know and 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 Luna I also didn't really like, you know, I was on birth control when I was at, when I was 15 to mm-hmm. 25. No one ever taught me about the cycles. I mean, I got the like pretty generic fast. This is what your cycles look like. This is how it's supposed to be. It's supposed to be this many days and da, 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 da. And, and I never was taught really to listen to the, really the subtle conversations about my body. Like, what is it? What's it saying? What am I doing here? Um, what is what when should I go talk to a doctor yeah and I think that's part of the reason why I dove into sex coaching like sex education is because that's where I could learn about my body I could learn about um sexual health and reproductive health because that was just I mean like it was a whisper and a runaway like that's (laughs) the kind of education that I got around any of that And in our conversations throughout the years, we've talked a lot about shifts in cycles, shifts in the body, the, the subtle things to look for, um, the, the places that should be kind of like red flags that, that are like overlooked here. Here's, here's an example. And maybe just this will move into the kind of the conversation is like my menstrual cycle jumped from 28 to 32 days just overnight and became heavier and neither my gynecologist or my doctor was like blinked and like didn't bat an eye. They're like, okay. And I was like, wait, it's always been 28 days. Why is it now 32? Like what? Tell me more about that. So in this sense, what are, what are some of the, what are some of the red flags? What are the things that I'm, we should be looking for as we age? What are the, the markers to, yeah. Tell me a little bit more about <laughs> diving into body literacy and why why I would even do that. Yeah, well, first of all, I would say having a shift of cycle days is not abnormal. Um, and I feel like, unfortunately, the program is that we're supposed to have these 28-day cycles. And we do shift. Um, so that does happen. It's really actually the follicular phase that shifts. Um, that's from period to ovulation, that will get longer and shorter. And then our luteal phase from our ovulation to our period tends to be more standard until you get into like perimenopause. Um, But, you know, we can shift easily, actually, if there's a stressful moment, um, if we get sick, if, um, you know, really stress is the the huge thing. You know, if we, for some reason, we're eating well and we're um, nutrient deficient, there's all these things. Anytime the body moves into a stress mode, we can shift um, from choosing to ovulate on our typical day to ovulating so many days later. And it's actually an innate wisdom in the body that will actually get ready to ovulate. And then the body's like, oh, stressful moment. And it'll pause. And then I'll usually go up to ovulate again. So um, I don't feel necessarily concerned with shifting of cycles like that. If it's within that range, usually they say, uh, you know, within a a healthy range is um, anywhere from a 21 day cycle to a 36 day. And so, you know, when I see people with cycles that are shorter or longer than that, that are more long-term, like it's not just one cycle, but it's continuous. That's where I would want to inspect deeper what's going on. Um, But it is very normal to have like just a crazy random cycle where all of a sudden it was very long or very short. 
it's weather that continues. Um, and then of course, you know, the menstruation, um, there's, you know, how much you're bleeding. And I feel like every person who bleeds knows when they're bleeding too much. It's just this innate wisdom. Nobody needs to tell you other than your own intuition that this is too much. Um, and, you know, and then there is, you know, not bleeding enough and having a deficiency in the cycle. Another things that are imbalanced are just uh, period cramps. It is, we are told this is normal and it is not normal to have period cramps. It's okay to maybe feel some fullness and to, to definitely feel more internal and want to rest during our periods. But when you are um, not able to, you know, do the things you want to do in your life and you have to take a certain amount of ibuprofen to get by. Um, these are signs that you could do some underlying healing to really um, improve this and improve your cycle health. And, um, and you know, there is like a myriad of things. Um, so those are just kind of the ones that pop up to mention in this moment. So. Amazing. You know, one of the, the things that I teach in my practice is to slow down and to feel the sensations of emotions in my body mm-hmm. or my clients' bodies. Because a lot of, I work a lot with men and men are conditioned to kind of cut off, like to cut off their bodies and to just be very logical. And as I notice that the world has shifted into women being more, you know, especially being more logical and moving at a faster rate, that it's harder to actually slow down to listen to what's happening. Mm -hmm. And it takes that time. It takes the slowness. It takes the tracking even. It takes the, I guess, awareness or the um, paying attention to kind of these little things. Had I, had I just been like moving through the day, I, I might not notice, you know, my here, my, my menstruation got heavier, or I might not notice um, the, the subtle places where my anxiety peaks right before my ovulation or, or right before my menstruation. Like if I didn't, if I didn't have a practice of slowing down to actually check in with the vehicle that I live in, like my consciousness lives in this vehicle. <laughs> Um, Sorry. No problem. My family wants to talk to me. (laughs) My family. Um, That if I if if we're not slowing down to to actually paying attention to what's going on, we're not slowing down to to even look at it. And this is this goes for both you know male bodies and female bodies. This goes for estrogen runners and testosterone runners is that paying attention to your stress levels really impacts the entire body. Uh, same for men. We, we, we were having a conversation just a few weeks ago around how, and I love that you brought this up is, is that stress in deeply impacts ovulation. And I was like, wow, this is a really fascinating tip, right? Because your body, if it's in, did you say if it's in stress mode, that it'll stop your ovulation mm-hmm. and then eventually go back up? Mm-hmm. So, typically. Mm-hmm. So it's hard to generalize, but yes. So for people who are trying to conceive, imagine what that might be like. It's like if you're running high stress all the time and your body is like, ah, mm-hmm. you know, like holding on then it's not a very conducive place to create a baby. I can also imagine how that, that impacts how and when you will bleed and what your period will feel like. And I can imagine that on the, the testosterone running side, how impactful that would be on sperm production and just general health and emotional wellness as well. So, um, what, what do most people come to you with? Like, like if I were to be, if I were to send my 13 year old daughter to you, or if I were to, if I were to be in my thirties or or twenties and 
and and like this is what Luna teach teach my my people, my loved ones. What would you help them with, like in those age ranges? Yeah, so I don't work with too many teenagers, to be honest. Um, even though I want this information to be all this, the fertility awareness, but just their ability to understand their bodies, I do want that for them. And um, yeah, so I would. I often refer teenagers out um, to someone who really specializes in that work. I tend to work with people in their 20s to 30s um, and early 40s. And, you know, I do work with a lot of people dealing with infertility and um, fertility challenges. And I deal with people who have lost their cycles. And that is, you know, a huge part of my story, which is I lost my cycle for seven years when I was 20 years old. And I was, yeah, from 21 to 28. And, you know, at the time, to be very honest, I was going to professionals asking them, you know, help please. And nobody would do underlying assessment. No one would dig any deeper than just offering me birth control to basically mask my symptoms because birth control doesn't solve anything. It just makes you think, you know, it gives you the hormones and makes you think you're going to bleed, thinks you makes you think you're bleeding. Um, and then hormone replacement therapy. And also my experience of losing my cycle as I was being tested, I was doing blood serum hormone testing and my hormones were all normal. Like, and I'm just like, they're not normal. <laughs> like, I'm not, I'm not menstruating. It's been years, you know, there's no way my hormones are normal. So anyways, in my practice, I do the functional lab testing. And this is um, talking about, do, I use the dried urine, um, the Dutch test. So I use the Dutch test and I use other tests to assess why hormones are imbalanced. And that's what I do in my practice because there's just, there's no, one soup fits all for um, hormone issues. It's noted that 50% of menstruators are having some degree of hormone imbalances these days, this day and age. And to be very honest, um, we're just, it's just very heightened. And it has to do with, you know, living in that fight and flight, that stress. Um, it has to do with underlying gut health issues. Um, usually people are eating inflammatory foods. Um, usually there might be some gut imbalances that are preventing that person from absorbing their nutrients. And we need nutrients to make hormones. We need healthy cholesterol to make steroid hormones. Um, so, so really checking in with that. Environmental toxins are on a crazy high right now, and there's no getting around it. We are constantly being inundated in our lives. And so we have to be on top of just being on a daily detox protocol or a seasonal detox protocol, because um, as sensitive beings, um, they are affecting us and are affecting our hormones. Um, and, you know, I also do the deeper, deeper dig with looking at people's thyroids. I feel like that's another place where people are just not getting properly tested. So I really do the proper testing to get really clear on exactly what is going on for a person. And I, you know, I would say I do work with a myriad of hormone issues, but I do commonly see what I've gone through, which is, you know, lack of um, menstruation. I had amenorrhea for seven years and um, also just depleted hormones, which those are the people who are struggling with fertility. So. Luna, thank you for sharing all that. Cause I think that is really helpful for, for all of us to hear those kind of stories, you know, to hear not only stories, but to know that there's hope out there. Mm -hmm. uh, you know, I'm, I'm in a healing journey currently and, and it's surprising how like, I'm like, something's going on. And they're like, Oh my, all your tests look great. You look healthy. And I'm like, why do I not feel good? <laughs> yeah. And, and, and I think that when, when you're in those places of, I mean, something as big as like not having your moon cycle and they're like, yeah, your hormones are great. You're like, perfect. <laughs> Wait, what? <laughs> 
something's off, you know, and, and, and to have hope. Cause again, there is this place where Western medicine doesn't touch everything and, mm-hmm. and it's, and it's very quick and it's kind of, um, helping with symptoms. And I love that you're really touching the core of it, that that's your focus. I love that you're focused on the core and going deeper. Um, what does a pra- like a, a session with you look like? What, what would I expect? Well, I work with people long-term. So I healing can't happen under four months, in my opinion. Uh, so it, that's kind of the shorter period of working with a client. And then I have clients that work with me for up to a year. And it's really um, doing the lab work up front and then I'm meeting at least once or twice a month and assessing how they're doing and giving them like stepping stones to continue the process and also goal setting and to just help with the accountability because, you know, making an overhaul of life changes um, with lifestyle and diet and all those things are not the easiest for people to do. Um, So it's, uh, you know, it's worthy of getting the support. I think often, you know, we do just, we're used to doctors. We just go in and we get the prescription and we get that quick fix. And then unfortunately, usually the issue comes back. Um, so this is what what I do in my practice is try to find long lasting, sustainable changes where people actually feel the changes and have a set of tools when we're done working together to now take care of their body. They know they have this body literacy and they have this understanding about how to heal. Mm, great. Yeah. Um, one of the things that when we talked about this show that you, you reached out to me is um, talking about some things that are coming up for a lot of people. You know, there is people who have estrogen <laughs> and run and bleed, run estrogen and, and have, you know, vaginas and uterus, uteruses that, that there's some people who, who are now in a place where they could be considered like if they have a, if they get pregnant from someone and they don't want to have that child, they could go to jail and be considered murderers. And, and we talked a little bit about how, how impactful that is in the world and how, again, that that's a place where we're shutting down the, the natural um, choice of, of a woman. And we're, we're also like wanting, like, because there's so much not, there's just so little information here. I'm just going to start over. There's so little information about how to really look what the cells look like. And, and a lot of young kids are going in blind. A lot of people are going in blind. And then we have, you know, 10 year olds getting pregnant because there's no education out there. That's really helping us learn what the cycle looks like, what we're looking for. And, and one of the things that we talked about in this, um, before the show was how do we bring more education and information about cycles and, and cervical fluid and, and all of this, like body awareness into this, this conversation today. Can we talk a little bit about that? Sure. Yeah. I think, you know, it's easy to feel the fear and contract and feel powerless. Um, one thing I think about fertility awareness method is it empowers you and it gives you so much knowing. And, you know, using the fertility awareness method as a form of birth control is not for everyone. Um, But for me personally, I am a highly sensitive individual and I, you know, had tried the birth control pill in high school, had a horrible experience. I also tried uh, in my early thirties before I went to fertility awareness, I tried the copper IUD also had a horrendous experience, like one of the worst experiences. And I know that it works for some people, but for me, it was so toxic and I felt super mentally unstable. And the minute I pulled that copper IUD out, my symptoms started to dissipate and people around me witnessed it. Um, So for me, that wasn't working. And, you know, 
of course, after the copper IUD, um, now what? And I didn't have anything. So I had a mistake in my eyes. I got pregnant with someone that I wasn't choosing to be a lifelong partner. And, you know, unfortunately had to make that really, really hard decision. And I am grateful at that time that I could do that in, in, a, in a guilt-free way. And I had the freedom to do that. And I can only wish for everybody else to have that freedom also. Um, but after that, I was super devoted. I was like, I have to figure this out. And that's where I found fertility awareness method. And when I found it, I was like, you got to be kidding me. This is like, I can actually track my cycle. And this is where I am tracking my biomarkers. And I just want to be very clear. Fertility awareness method is not the rhythm method. The rhythm method is what you get when you get an app and it's predicting when you're going to have your period. That is working off an algorithm. And that is the rhythm method. I do the fertility awareness method, actually the symptothermal method, which I track my cervical fluid and my basal body temperature. And sometimes I check my cervix and I pinpoint the beginning and the close of my window. And this has been a method that I have used for seven years with complete success. It has never failed me, the method. And I feel so grateful for it because it's non-symptomatic. It's extremely empowering. And I will also just say um, the greatest empowerment too, especially with these changes and the laws around abortions, is that when you are tracking your cycle, you know the minute you're pregnant. One is because you know you had risky sex around that fertile window. And then the other way is, is that basically what happens when you ovulate, the egg gets pushed out of the follicle in the ovary, and that follicle becomes a little endocrine gland called the corpus luteum. And the corpus luteum starts to produce your progesterone. And the progesterone really gets high in that luteal phase, that, that final phase of your cycle. And well, actually, um, what it is, is progesterone raises your basal body temperature. So that's how you can tell that you ovulated your progesterone's online. It will stay high past 16 days if you're pregnant. So 17 days after your ovulation, you know you're pregnant or need to at least go and do the more confirmation that you're pregnant. And I just want you to know that this is a tool that you have. This is actually knowing you're pregnant before sometimes even at at home pregnancy test would tell you you were pregnant. So it's just a great tool um, to know about. It's one of the top reasons why I feel like people should know fertility awareness is just so you know, I um, mean, you can make proper choices in that moment. Um, I have two other reasons why. And the other reason why is because when you track your cycles, like Trish started off, we just know something is imbalanced. And um, we can at that point go to the doctors and just be like, we're not asking them if they, something's wrong. We're telling them something's wrong with my cycle. Well, you do the deeper testing. Um, so it's this knowing. And, you know, this is really important because we are slightly gaslit by our doctors in these bodies. So I feel like that's another really important reason. And um, I'm spacing on my other really important reason right now. But um, so, <laughs> but there's many important reasons. But um, yeah, so I would say those are definitely the two that I'll mention right now. As you know, you're pregnant, early pregnancy testing, and um, just really knowing your cycle and knowing exactly when something's off. Mm, awesome. This is amazing. Um, well, now that we're here, I'm wondering if you want to share a little bit about how this looks as far as the tracking your cervical fluid sure yeah <laughs> so trish asked me to come on and teach something and i was like oh gosh what do i teach so uh one of the things i would teach you or talk about really is this tracking of your cervical fluid and i'll first just start off and just say this once again, came to me when I was 35. And when I 
noticed it prior to understanding what cervical fluid was, I actually thought there was something wrong with me. And I have gone to the OBGYN, OBGYN a couple times and been like, there's this stuff coming out and is there an imbalance? And I actually got sent home saying, everything's fine, but no one explained to me that this was cervical fluid. So I just, that's where I was just like, why is this just like, just this alone needs to be taught to younger people that we have healthy cervical fluid and we produce this in our, you know, mid cycle around ovulation. And it comes from the cervix crypts in um, our cervix. And if you don't know where the cervix is, um, you can actually sometimes palpate it for most people, um, especially if you get in a squatted position and you put your finger up into the vaginal canal, you'll feel something. Sometimes it feels like the nose when you're not hormonal. And then I'll feel like the lips more when you are, um, sorry, when you're not fertile. And it feels like the lips more when you're fertile. So it'll be softer when you're fertile. So um, that is where um, the cervical fluid comes. And it really comes out of the cervix in these crypts with the onset of the estrogen that's produced in the earlier part of your cycle. So it's this awareness of this fluid that is really great and, and tracking it. So that's what I um, do personally. And what I do recommend if you want to start to get curious about it, this is one of the most important biomarkers for a fertility awareness method. So by getting this marker alone, um, you're learning so much about your body and your fertility. And if you ever share this information with someone like me, I would be able to tell you more about your cycle and your fertility also. So um, it's really, um, you know, we have our menstruation. And then typically, after our menstruation, for most people, but not all, there will be some drier days. Um, we kind of call those the baseline days. And those are the days that we're still infertile and that estrogen isn't rising yet. And then all of a sudden there's a point of change. And this is where we see something different than our everyday vaginal moisture. Because, you know, to be honest, we are always slightly moist down there. Um, we have a natural, they call it vaginal cell sloth. And it's just where the cells of the vaginal canal just naturally are just like your skin, um, sloughing off. And so that is every day. That is our baseline dry pattern, infertile pattern. And then we'll have this cervical fluid, which when we see the point of change, and it's usually we see more of this fluid. Um, and some people see at first more of like a lotiony like fluid more either. Um, and I'll tell you how you'll see it in just a second, but um, more lotiony like fluid. And then it'll progress to this more shiny, clear, slick, stretchy, and they call it the egg white fluid being the whites of the egg white. And when you put it between your fingers, it will actually stretch a good bit. And so um, you, there's this progression. So we call that more creamy, sticky fluid. Um, we call that little F. And then it usually progresses into this more super fertile fluid that we call the big F fluid. And then you'll ovulate. And when we have that ovulation, like I mentioned, where the egg gets pushed out and the corpus luteum forms and the progesterone um, gets produced, the progesterone will dry up the, the cervical fluid. And that marks ovulation. So really, um, the, the, the way to check your cervical fluid is to just begin to be aware. And we all go to the bathroom and we all use toilet paper. So this is the greatest way. Every time you wipe, um, notice how it feels. So you're just no actually noticing the sensation when you wipe with the toilet paper. Is it feeling kind of dry or does it slip? Okay. And then the next thing you want to do is look at that toilet paper. And that's where, you know, sometimes it's the smallest little sheen. 
And any clear sheening is more of that super fertile fluid, or maybe it's some creamy, you know, and what you'll do at that point is you'll actually put it between your fingers and you will sense the texture and um, maybe see if it stretches a little bit. And then the key is to track it. So there's um, a couple ways to track. Uh, there are paper charts. And if you want to email me, I'll get you some paper charts. And also, um, I really love the Read Your Body app. And also just email me. Um, us as practitioners can give you the first three months on the Read Your Body um, access free. And then there is a small subscription, which is totally worth it. And the reason why I recommend the Read Your Body is they're devoted to not selling your data. So, um, and they're just very all-inclusive, um, really holding all the different fertility awareness-based methods and also just sexual orientation and everything all in one app. So they're really a beautiful place to record this. Um, so my, my tip for you is to begin this awareness start to track it and be interested in it, watch it over some cycles. And of course, if you have any questions, reach out to someone like me. I am a certified fertility awareness educator, and I can dive really deep into um, what you're seeing and what you're experiencing on a deeper level. And um, I'll just stop with that there. That was great. Yeah. You know, I, I'm listening and I was like, do you know how many people um, aren't really like get skeeved out by touching their own? And I was like, just thinking about how intimate of a practice is when you start really learning about your body, when you actually learn about your body and see it as a full, whole, beautiful being and not being like, I'm looking at my cervical food. Like, how would you know if you didn't know? You know, yeah. how would you know if someone didn't say, hey, this is what your this is what your urethra looks like, or if you're not looking at it in the mirror, you know, like there's these things where you get to become intimate with mm -hmm. your body. And that's, you know, the the deepening, the looking at the vulnerable places. I love, I love this method. Um, tell me the name of the, the body app again. Read your body. Awesome. Mm -hmm. uh, just on the thought, like, I'm just going to share this thought. Did you know how many of my clients actually in, in my female clients actually, or will tell me that they don't know where their urethra is, mm -hmm. that it's not the, the opening to the vagina, that it is between the vagina and the clitoris. It's like this little, and I, and the clitoral network, you know, because it's actually, it's not just the little head, it's the whole, there's so much more internal. And that's another thing. I'm like, we should be taught about that in school. Like we need to, there's so missing pieces to our sex education in high school. I'm like, you know, if people don't want to learn it, that's fine, but we should at least be given this information. Yeah. It's insane. Because education and information gives you choice. Yeah. And this is, Honestly, Luna, this is why I went into the work that I'm I'm diving into. Is because I, I mean, one of my big dream jobs is to be a comprehensive sex educator in schools because I think that giving people choice will give them empowerment and give them an opportunity to kind of dissolve some of these harmful patterning and not knowing their body. Like knowing your body is just one beautiful thing. Is like, ooh, that made me feel weird inside. I want to say no to that and see why, you know, just giving them access to that even beyond is, is really part of like learning how to honor each other in, in your sexual health, to be curious about it, to have men be able to not sit on the porch and go, ew, but to be like, oh my gosh, that's really interesting. I don't have that body and lean in, be curious about that. And to be able to hold their next partners or their female friends or whatever. It's just, yeah. <sighs> I love your work. Yeah. Um, and I will say it's often with, with my clients learning fertility awareness and when they have that, um, you know, just like shyness of wanting to check cervical fluid or, you know, cervix checking and doing all these things, you know, 
it's why, you know, and digging deeper, there's usually always some trauma and some place that we um, closed down and froze. And I will be very honest, when I first started learning fertility awareness, I was frozen. I could not even feel down there. And um, to be honest, it took, this was my practice of de-thawing. And, um, you know, I just want to say that this is this can be healing to to really connect and remember and to to really be attuned with your body this way. Yes. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, we had a comment earlier about how do I find out more, and I have put in Luna's fertility awareness masterclass that starts in just a few days, actually. Mm-hmm. Uh, and tell us what does that look like? What will I? Well, um, I feel like this is my uh, really affordable um, option to get some. It's a very small, intimate group, which I'm going to totally enjoy. And there is still some space left. And we will be meeting for four live modules. And I'm doing pre-recorded lessons beforehand with um, some handouts. So people get to watch things the week before and then also attend live with some questions and engagement. The live calls are meant to be, instead of me just talking the whole time, more space for us to connect and really um, get to know each other and get deeper into what each person is experiencing. And I also do a whole cycle health um, intake so I can personalize things and also be of support as you're connecting with your personal body. And it happens over like three month time. So it's like four modules over three months. So I do feel to learn the fertility awareness method, you should give yourself at least three months, three cycles. Um, Some people do take longer. And if you do take longer, I took longer. Um, It's totally okay. And it's still really worth learning. I would never, like, I'm just glad I I stuck with it and I, I figured it out for myself. Because it is kind of like driving, learning to drive. You know, at first you're just, you don't know how to do the turns. But next thing you know, you just, you're a pro and you know exactly what's going on. And that's a stop sign. So um, there is this understanding that comes once you get to know it. Mm. Yeah. I. It used to look a lot more terrifying me to remember the thing with the beads and you know and I was like oh my god <laughs> there's just so much there's just a, a lot of pressure to learn without without ha- having someone you know and I without having someone to actually hold your hand through it and I think mm-hmm. that that's also really really important is is that having someone as compassionate and loving and as knowledgeable as you to walk them through is incredible incredibly helpful and an, an incredible resource because I don't know about you or you listening. <laughs> um, sometimes I have these just like random questions or these um, concerns or it like something that is shared on a piece of paper or maybe in, in a video. And I, that doesn't, it doesn't actually relate to me that I'm like, am I abnormal? Does it still, will it still work for me? You know, like, and, and even just having someone be like, Hey, um, it, it might look like this or tweak this, or it's okay. Or even to answer the questions about the, the cervical fluid even is like, what does this look like? <laughs> like, what does this look like? And how does this look? And da, 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 is this okay? Is this what it's supposed to, why is it do this? You know, and just to have someone to, to even just be like, Hey, and you'd be like, yeah, or da, 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 you know, community support is incredibly helpful. Absolutely. I realized I didn't say when it started. Um, so just if anyone's listening, it does start on September 12th. So um, it's right around the corner. Um, not much to much time to think about it. Um, and really learning this method, you know, I first came to it because I wanted to have it as a form of birth control. Some people come to it because they're struggling to get pregnant and optimizing and knowing when that fertile window is, is so ideal. So you're not trying the whole cycle and you actually know when the optimal timing is. And then, you know, for me, I came to it as a birth control, but what I got out of it was this body literacy. 
-hmm. And that feels like the priceless piece. Like, I'm just like, you know, so grateful that um, I can now just watch my body and understand because us as people who menstruate, we do have a cycle and those hormones have huge play in how we feel. And, you know, we have the circadian rhythm, which is this um, light, dark cycle that we are also experiencing. But that is a very masculine um, rhythm. The, that's the sun rhythm. And we also have this moon rhythm that we're on. And so when you're listening to your cycle, you know when to come in and relax and nourish and eat more. And also when you can go out and, you know, be creative and be social and push energy out. We have this 28 day cycle, which we're supposed to ebb and flow and listen to our bodies. And I feel like that is another huge missing piece is this infradian rhythm. It's called, um, you have the circadian rhythm, which is the sun cycle. And we have this infradian rhythm, which is the moon cycle. And by cycle charting, we really tune into that. Mm, I love this. <laughs> You can find more about Luna's work in general at her website at heart, H-A-R-T, that's her last name, Luna Hart, H-A-R-T of health.com. And you can find her there. And you can also sign up for a complimentary strategy session. What does that look like? So that's what I offer. Um, if people are interested in the functional lab work and the coaching, and you're wondering if we're a good fit to work together, is to just sign up for one of those. It's a 45-minute session, and it's where I take a very thorough health history intake. Um, I listen to your story. I ask questions. And if it at the end, if it does feel like we're a good fit, I will share um, my packages with you and we'll see how we can work together. Amazing. Mm-hmm. You know, you, you mentioned something. Um, what is functional health medicine? That you- That's really the getting to the root cause. Yeah. Functional medicine is... Um, quite flourishing right now. And so it really is where us as practitioners are not trying to just band-aid or just get you by. We're actually trying to get to the reason why you're symptomatic and not feeling happy with your life. Um, so we're diving in with those that, that assessment. Amazing. So that's blood work and... Yeah, I do all sorts of tests. Um, so everything from hair, urine, stool, blood. Yes. <laughs> awesome. Thanks. I just had something about that. Um, you know, I, Luna, I really want to thank you for coming here on your mm-hmm. birthday. Share time um, with us. with me, And I'm glad that I get to, you know, boost you up in the world because you're amazing. And I love you. And your work is phenomenal. You've been a really beautiful advocate for me in my life around my healing and my diet. And I just, yeah, thank you for taking the time to share your wisdom and your knowledge, your just kindness as well. And this amazing, you know, body literacy. Like I hope that everyone who's listening and watching right now is, is taking something away from maybe even just an inkling of curiosity about what is deeper in their body. Again, reach out to Luna Hart at JRT, heartofhealth.com. And I want to say thank you to Sign Network for running us out on a bunch of different pages right now, as well as Scott Thomas for being our muse and Global Peace Tribe mm-hmm. and Academy for just being the foundation of our work here on the Self Love Show. And also to KPFC for running us out on KPFC 88.1 running us out on Lake Fort Live. Um, Thank you so much. And we will see you all next Thursday. Thank you again, Lynn.